0: That's a new series we're going to be starting next week at Joy Church (laughs) called A Playlist for Life. We're really excited. I... I'm so excited with a lot of expectation. I know Pastor Steve and the team have a lot of great stuff planned in that series. And that that video hopefully whet your appetite just a little bit for all that is coming. It's going to be really good. We're going to be looking at the Psalms of Ascent. I don't want to give away too much. You have to come back next week to find out more about that new series, A Playlist for Life. And this morning you're going to get a sample of it if you have your Bible. And I hope you have it with you. And if not, then you can follow along on the screen. We got you if you forgot your Bible. Um, we're going to go to Psalms 84. This week we're going to kind of have an introduction, a little taste of what you're going to see in the next six weeks. This week is a little different if you're new to Joy Church. We usually don't keep the band up here, but I have some lovely friends, Ravi and Julia. You can say thank you to them for being here with me today. And they're going to help with the message because we're doing something special this morning as we study. Psalms chapter 84, kind of as an introduction to this whole series. I'm going to tell you why they're here in a minute. Pastor Steve and Kim send their love. They are at our church in La Paz, Mexico. If you didn't know, um, we have Joy Church Medford in Grants Pass in Eugene, and one of those locations is in Mexico. So this morning, Pastor Kim and the team are leading worship, and Pastor Steve is preaching. So they miss you guys. They send their love and their greetings, and they will be back next week for service. Um, I had the honor to be there last week, and so if I start Switching to preaching in Spanish, sorry guys um, A few of you understand what we're doing um, But they're having a great time They send their love and greetings And they'll be back next week I want to read us, before we jump into Psalms Chapter 84, you don't gotta, gotta Leave there, we're gonna go there in a minute I want to kind of lay a foundation for what we're going to see this morning in the book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 11. I want to read this and ask a couple questions as we get ready to hear God's word this morning. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and it says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now I want to ask us a question this morning, as a church and as a people, and I want to make it personal to you and to your life, and it's this question. Do we love, as a people, as a church, as a community of people who love Jesus and follow Him, do we love the presence of the Lord? If I ask it this way, do we live for and do we long for the presence of God in our lives? in our families, in everything that we do, in everywhere that we go? Do we do that as a people? But if I make it more personal for you and for me, do you love the presence of God? Do I love the presence of God? Do you live for and long for his presence in your life and in your family and in your home, in everything that you are? You know, we're gonna spend the next six weeks studying a people who are absolutely in love with the presence of God. We're going to study for six weeks these people who had this desperate hunger and this desperate longing to be with God and to be where he is. And we're going to see it this morning in Psalms chapter 84. In some of the words that we're going to look at, some of the phrases that the psalmist used, to you it might seem like, man, this guy's over the top. This guy's a little bit too much. He's a little bit extra. He's a little bit too excited about God. He's a little bit too hungry for the presence of God. But I want us to see from the word of God this morning that this is how God has called us to live. You know, the psalmists really believed this. They really believed that all of their joy and all of their peace and every good thing that they needed in this life wouldn't be found in money. It wouldn't be found in status. It wouldn't be found in success. It wouldn't be found in all the things that the world promises would make us happy. The psalmists really believed that in the presence of God was fullness of joy. And because they believed this, as we're going to see, they were desperate and they were hungry and they were thirsty and they longed for God's presence among them. And I pray that when you walk out of this place, you can answer those questions. Pastor Johnny, I love the presence of God and I long for his presence in my life. So, if you have Psalm 84, we're going to read a whole chapter of scripture. So, if you missed your Bible reading plan this morning, I got good news. I'm going to do it for you this morning. You're going to get a whole chapter in if you missed it and you can still do it after church. Um, We're going to see Psalms 84. We're going to pray and we're going to dive in. You ready, church? It says this This is David um, writing. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young in your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. We're going to move on. There's a little word right there called Selah. And there are sometimes, you know, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and sometimes we don't have an English word to express a Hebrew idea, so they just do their best. You know, if I was like, what's Sila mean? Most of us are like, I don't know. Like, it's a strange word that I don't really understand. Um, But this word really gets at in the scripture to take a pause, to take a moment to dwell on, to think about what was just spoken. I love one translation of the Bible says, pause in his presence. You know, this morning, I want you to see the truth that we're going to see in Scripture, but I also want you to experience the presence of God in a unique way this morning. And for that, that's why I have some friends with me, um, that when we, as we study the Scripture, as we come to these moments of sila, of pause, we're going to do exactly that. You know, these Scriptures, I'm going to finish the chapter, don't worry, some of you are like, you're only halfway through if you're OCD, like you didn't finish the chapter, we're going to do it. But I want us to experience, you know, when they would have actually studied this, most likely they would have been singing this like a song. And when they came to this part, they would have paused. And they would have thought about the truth. They would have thought about what was just spoken. And this morning, how many of you know, our, busy, our lives are quite busy? You know, I think the, the answer I hear most frequently to how are you, oh, I'm busy. How's life? Good, but busy. And I think sometimes we miss the beauty of stopping And awaiting the presence of God and dwelling on the truth of what he's speaking. So this morning, I hope that it's refreshing to your soul. I know it is to mine. That in a few moments, we're going to take some pauses as we see it in the scripture. Verse chapter 5. You with me, church? It said, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go to the valley of Baca or weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. There's another seal level we'll pause in a minute. Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Hear this, it's so good. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Can we pray this morning as we jump into scripture? Father, I thank you that you're here with us. Father, I thank you that your presence is in this room. Thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful promise that you said where two or three gather in your name. There you are in their midst. And God, I know that many people in this place, maybe they're walking through the greatest season of their life or the most difficult season of their life. God, maybe they found out the best news this week, or maybe they found out the worst news. God, maybe they got great news from the doctor or bad news from the doctor. God, maybe life is um, on a mountaintop. Maybe it feels like the valley low. But Jesus, thank you no matter where we came from this morning, whether we came with brokenness, with sorrow, God, whatever we're walking through, thank you for the promise that you would be with us, God. I just thank that you are in this place, that Lord, you'd speak to us. Lord, you would open up our eyes to, to behold you in your word. God, you would change us and transform us, that every person would leave this place beholding you in your word and experiencing your presence. We love you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. amen. You know, the first thing I love about this psalm in verse, in verse one is that the psalmist realized that the presence of the Lord, point number one, is our greatest delight. It's our greatest treasure, and it's our greatest joy. You know, if I asked you this morning, like, what delights you more than anything in this world? Like, what's your greatest treasure? What's your greatest joy? Like, what brings you the most happiness in the planet or in the universe? Would the first answer that exploded out of your heart would be the presence of God— Like being with him, being at church, being with God, being in his spirit. I think if we're honest, some of us would say being at Disneyland or hanging out on the golf course or going to In-N-Out or getting tacos, whatever that looks like in our lives, right? But I love what David writes because he says, How lovely and how beautiful, how wonderful, how incredible God is your dwelling place. He's saying there's nothing in the world like the presence of God. And he uses some words that we don't use very frequently about God, but we should. Listen to what he says, he goes, my soul, like the deepest part of me, my insides, I like to say my guts, like, you can't, you can't, we don't know where your soul is, right? The Bible actually talks about your soul kind of being like in your belly. And he's saying, my soul longs, yes, faints for the living God, or for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. You know, David discovered something. All his joy, his treasure, his delight was found in the presence of God, in the house of God, being with God. And church, if I asked you, what's your greatest treasure? What's your greatest joy? What's your greatest delight? Would you say, my joy is found in the presence of the Lord? You know, David goes on to describe that even these little birds that seem like absolutely nothing in our eyes, he says, even the weakest, most small, insignificant thing in the universe finds its place in God's presence. You know, maybe you feel like, maybe you feel small. Maybe you feel insignificant. Maybe you feel looked over by the world. And David says, you have a place in the presence of God. You have a place in his house. Maybe you feel like an orphan. Maybe you feel unloved. Maybe you feel like no one cares about you. But he says, you know what? You have a place in the presence of God. And then he makes us a promise. And we're going to see in this psalm, there's three incredible, life-changing promises from God. And the first one is in verse 4. He said, blessed. Do you want the blessing of God on your life? Do you want the favor of the Lord on your life? Do you want something that's not natural, but supernatural? That the God of the universe would bless you, would keep you, would take care of you? If you want to know how to do that, good news! He tells us. He said, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. The blessing of God comes in our life when we realize, you know what? My joy, my delight, my treasure, it's not found in the things that this world promises me. The world might promise if you had status or success, you'd be happy, but we all know that's not true. The world might promise if you had money, if you had this thing or that thing, we see it all the time, celebrities committing suicide. They have all the money in the world, all the status in the world, all the success in the world. But the psalmist says, do you wanna know true joy? Maybe some of you, you walked in this place and he said, my heart longs to know what real joy feels like, to know what real peace feels like. He says, you know where you're gonna find it? He said, blessed are those who dwell in your house. But what are they doing when they're there? Ever singing your praise. There's a song that I love that says, your praise will ever be on my lips. We're going to see in a moment that this doesn't just mean in good times. It also means in bad times. But something happens when you make a decision that says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will dwell in the presence of the Lord. He's my joy. He's my delight. And when he really is your joy, when he really is your delight, you can't help but sing Him praise and honor him. We're going to take a moment to pause. And Robbie's going to lead us Julia in Julian's song. I want you to ask yourself, am I dwelling in the house of the Lord? Am I ever singing His praise? Because if I am, then I'm walking in His blessing. But if I'm not, then, oh God, change my heart. Be my joy. Be my delight. Be
1: my delight.
2: I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love. I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love forever Over the mountains and the sea Your river runs with love for me And I will open up my heart And let the healer set
1: me free I'm happy to be in the truth Oh, I will daily lift my hands For I will always sing of when your love came down And I could sing of your love forever And I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love Oh, I could sing of your love, God. I could sing of your love. Dwelling in your house, oh God. I could sing of your love. Oh, I will ever sing your praise. I could sing of your love forever. forever.
0: I could sing of your love forever. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Our greatest joy, our greatest delight, our greatest treasure is found in his presence. Amen. The second thing is so good and is so encouraging to me is that the psalmist tells us that the presence of the Lord is our strength. You know, the second we see in verse chapter or verse five, the second blessing, the second promise from God is that blessed are those whose strength is in who? you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion." You know, I was so excited when they sang that song, um, praise is the highway this morning. I was almost requested it, but I didn't want to mess up their songs, and they changed their songs this morning, right? You know, we sing this song that says praise is the highway, and that might seem kind of confusing to you, and I'll explain it in a minute. But David says there's a blessing that comes in our life when we realize that there is supernatural strength offered to us that does not come from ourselves, but it comes from God. It comes from the omnipotent, the all-powerful God. And David says those who discover this, those who realize that their strength is not found in themselves, but it's found in God, they are blessed. And in their heart is the highways to Zion. Here's what happens. What happens to those whose strength is in the Lord? It says, as they go through the valley of Baca, or this word Baca means, as they go through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. You know, the psalm was describing these people, as we're going to see over the next six weeks, that were far away from the presence of God. And they had this desperate desire, this desperate longing, saying, we want to be in the presence of God. We want to be where he is. And on their journey to get to God, along the way, there were some difficult patches. Anybody in this room found themselves in some valleys of weeping before, some difficult places? You know, there's something supernatural that happens when you tap in to the strength that God supplies And Here's what it said. Even though they go through the valley of weeping, Even they go through a valley of despair and a valley of sorrow, even though it looks like everything on the outside is falling apart, even when their circumstances don't look good, even when their situations don't look good, this is us, brothers and sisters, even when life looks like it's falling apart, it says, those whose strength is in him find living water. It says when they should be falling apart, when they should be bitter at God, when they should be losing it, angry, sorrowful, depressed, do you want to know what it says can happen? What can happen to us if we tap into God's strength? It says they go from strength to strength. In the middle of the trial, it says they go from strength to strength. In the middle of the difficulty, they go from strength to strength. When your finances seem like they're falling apart and you don't understand what God's doing, He says, I will give you strength. And it's not just strength, it's strength to strength. I also says to go from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from strength to strength. And I think people in the world, they look at Christians, they go, it doesn't make sense. Like when life hits you hard, when things don't go the way you wanted them to go, how do you have this strength? How do you have this joy? How do you have this peace that surpasses all understanding? Because you realize my strength is not in myself. My strength is in the Lord. And this is the promise that God offers you. We can find strength in ourselves. And can I tell you something? That is a very discouraging way to go. Why? Because we're weak. When I think about me, Johnny Schmelzer, I get weak, and I get tired, and I get angry, and I get bitter, and honestly, everything I bring to the table is pretty ugly. Um, It's not really all that good. I want to give up at times. I just want to throw in the towel, but when I connect to the strength that comes from heaven, I connect to strength that never runs dry. To the God who can do all things. And the world looks at that. And they go, how can you walk to the valley of weeping? How can you walk through a storm? How can you walk through a trial and not quit like everybody else? It's not me. It's because I'm connected to the strength that comes from heaven. And even though everything around me looks like a desert, I have a secret. There's living water bubbling up. And I get to have that every day. And that's what's offered to you and to me, brothers and sisters. It says this, and I love this. It says that in their heart is the highway to Zion. Zion was the place of God's presence, it was the place where God dwelled. And what does that mean? It meant that even when you're walking through difficulty, when you're walking through that valley of weeping, in your heart, you're carrying the Spirit of God. In your heart, your heart is set on heaven. You're saying, Lord, it might look difficult, my eyes are set on you. God, my eyes are fixed on you. We're gonna see next week, my eyes are set on the hills where my help comes from. That you can carry a Godward heart, a heart that's set on heaven. And no matter where you go or what you do, you can have supernatural strength. The blessing comes on those whose strength is not in themselves, but it's in you. You know, to be honest, I don't know how people look at this deal with God and don't take it. You know, I was preaching last week in La Paz, Mexico out of Romans, and in Romans chapter 8, it's funny to me, I don't know why it's funny to me, and in Romans 8 it says, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. And I'm like, hmm, who wants death, right? Like if I was like, okay, everybody, happy Halloween, I have a present for you, death for all, congratulations, you know? Like no one's like, sign me up, I want to win death, Right? Um, if we said death or life and peace, I'm like, I want life and peace, right? It's like, okay, so walk in the spirit. Don't walk in the flesh. But if you ask me, Johnny, do you want the strength that you have? Or do you want to tap into supernatural strength from heaven? I'm like, why not the strength from heaven? Like, that's so much better. Like, that's so much better than anything I could ever muster up in my weakness and in my brokenness. But brothers and sisters, that's what's offered to you today. That you'd have a, a heart that's set on heaven. And God says you will connect to his strength that never runs dry. I was to get ready to pause for a moment. And you can think about that. David ends this section right before the Selah. So they go from strength to strength. But then he does something kind of interesting, which was really interesting to me as I studied this out. And as I prayed about this and tried to understand this scripture. He ends with a prayer, and I'm like, hmm, this, this psalm doesn't look like a prayer to me. You know, some of the psalms, the whole thing is a prayer, and he's, he's asking God for something, or he's desiring something from God. But start, this psalm's pretty peppy and happy, and he said, I love your presence, I love your house, I desire you, I long for you. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, blessed are those who find their strength in you. But then David goes into, like, a prayer from his guts, How can you study this out? It's not kind of like, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray whatever the rest of that prayer is. It's not that. It's like a crying out desperation from your guts kind of prayer to God. Like if this was youth group, I'd scream it out because I'm a youth pastor, but this is adult church and I probably won't be allowed to do that, so I won't do that, okay? But imagine it if you could. David says, oh Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. He says, give ear, oh God of Jacob. And then he says, Selah. That's it. Stop. Pause." I'm like, David, what are you asking for? David, what are you praying for? He doesn't doesn't really look like he's telling us anything, right? He says, oh Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give your, oh God of Jacob. He's in everything you've seen before this, he's crying out, God, I need your presence. God, I need your spirit. God, I have to be where you are, God, please. God, I'm a sinner and I can't be in your presence, but God, let me be with you. God, I'm dwelling in a faraway land. Let me be in Zion. Let me be in your house. Let me be in your spirit. God, I'm weak and I'm tired and I'm walking through the valley of Baca and everything around me is difficult and everything around me is hard. And he's crying out with desperation from his gut saying, God, I need strength from heaven. Anybody ever felt like that before? I want to encourage this morning. Maybe you say, Johnny, I don't feel the way he's describing like I feel cold towards the Lord. I feel weak. I feel like I don't even have the strength to, to cry out. You're in good company. Like, you can cry out from your soul, saying, Jesus, I don't even love your presence, but I want to. Jesus, I don't even know what it looks like to walk in your strength, but I want to. And David did something amazing. He starts off with a really strong way to describe God. He starts off with a Lord God of hosts which in Hebrew is Yahweh Sabaoth, which means the Lord of Heaven's armies. In the Old Testament, one angel wipes out 187,000 people like this. So imagine you, versus 187,000 people, and they're coming to kill you. Could you handle it? I could probably barely take one. Much less 187,000, right? And the Lord sends one angel, and he wipes out 187,000. And then Jesus, when he's standing before Pilate, Like a couple thousand years later, and Pilate says, Jesus, I could let you go, like if you'd you'd ask. And Jesus says, you don't have authority over me. He goes, I could call down 12 legions of angels in one second for my Father. If you do the math, if you do a legion of soldiers times one angel wiping out 187,000 people, which the Bible doesn't say they could only wipe out that many, just the best thing I could find. Jesus says, in one second I could call down enough angels to wipe out the whole population of the globe in a blink of an eye. And this morning, I'm reading my Bible, spending time with the Lord in the book of Hebrews, and it says there are innumerable angels in heaven. Like, it's impossible to count how many angels there are because there are billions upon billions upon billions of them. And the Bible says God is in control of all of them. That's how powerful he is. So David says, that's the God I'm crying out to, like the God who can answer me, the God who can rescue me, the God who can help me, like he's the God of heaven's armies. He's Yahweh Saboth. He's the God who has all power and all control who can in one instant do anything. That makes sense, right? God's strong and God can do anything. But then David shifts it. He doesn't just say Yahweh Saboth, he says the God of Jacob, hear my prayer. And if you go in the Old Testament, Jacob was the father of Israel, but he was a really weak, ordinary guy like you and me. And he made a whole ton of mistakes, like he probably did more things wrong than right. And yes, God is big and glorious and powerful and he's seated in heaven with innumerable angels, but God is also the God who sees one man in his weakness and is willing to leave his glory and help one broken guy get it together. We have to be in awe of God's power and glory But just as powerful and glorious as he is, God is also so loving and kind and compassionate that the God of heaven's armies would also be called the God of Jacob. Not Israel. Not like the really good, polished part of Jacob, but the messed up guy. God's both. And this morning, you might feel broken. You might feel far from God. You might feel disqualified. And he's the God of heaven's armies, but he's also the God of Jacob. And that's the God that David cries out to. That's the God that we cry out to. If I ask you a question as we sing... Are you tapped into the strength from heaven? Are you tapped into the strength that only comes from God? I think about Jesus. 2,000 years later, he'd say, hey, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? I've been there. He says, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This morning, the Lord offers you a great deal, the best deal ever. He says, if you... I'll lay down all your striving, all your toiling, and you'll take my strength. You'll tap into the strength that only comes from heaven. Let's think about that.
2: Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together love. All together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Lord, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. All together lovely. All together, worthy. All together, one.
1: Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to stay. I never know how much it cost to, to see my, my sin upon that cross. You will never, never know how much it cost to see my sin upon. Here the I am, cross. here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to
2: say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me.
0: Man, we could just see all Day, huh? Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are the highways to Zion. You know, I think everything that we've seen is so good, but it's going to get better. Can you handle the church? Can you handle more? Can you handle something even better? We've seen that the presence of God can be our greatest joy, our greatest treasure, our greatest delight. We've seen that there's a strength that only the presence of God can give us. But I want you to see something that just, I, I can't even sit on this sea. I'm going to explode out of this sea because it's so good. Is that the presence of the Lord leads us to a person. What we're gonna see in a minute is that person is Jesus. There's so many beautiful verses in this section that I, I unfortunately can't get to. You can go do homework and you can read this section at home. You know, David just keeps expressing this love for God. He says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. He says, God, to be with you for one day is better than a thousand days anywhere else. That's like three or four years. He goes, I'd trade three or four years at my favorite place on the planet for one day with God. And then he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. This is good news for you Dream Teamers. Anybody serve on First Impressions team? Come on, I do too. David says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper, I'd rather be on First Impressions in the church than have all the money that the whole world could offer me because I have to be where God is. Like I have to be in his house, I have to be in his presence. But here's the third blessing he gives us and it's gonna get good, it's already been good but it gets better. He says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I think sometimes we make the presence of God like this, this ethereal thing. Well, I guess I could feel God at church, or I guess um, when, I, when I get around God, He kind of does good things to me. Everything we've been seeing so far in Scripture is the presence of God leads us to a person. Like, what is the presence? It's, I'm in the presence of Robbie because I'm near him because he's here. I'm in the presence of Julia because where she is, her presence is. And what David was expressing was a trust and a love for the person of God. And I want you to see that we in the New Testament times, like after the cross of Jesus, we get to experience something that David could only dream of, which is this. In David's day, you had to go to a specific place, To a specific location, the temple, to get the presence of God. You had to travel to get there. But what is the good news of the gospel? That Jesus Christ, the presence of God, came to be with us. John chapter 1 verse 14, the word of God. So Jesus was literally God himself. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know what that word is in Greek, dwelt? It's tabernacled. It's as if the temple of God, the tabernacle of God, didn't just stay in one place or stay in heaven, but it started walking around to encounter us. He became human to be with us. But the news gets better. Like maybe you're in this place and a lot of this doesn't make sense to you because you don't know Jesus. So God became a human to dwell with us. And he lived a perfect and sinless life. But God didn't just want his presence to be in a building. And God didn't just want his presence to be Jesus on the earth. But God wanted his presence to be with us. Like this has actually been God's desire all the way from the Garden of Eden. And we'll see in a minute how he'll get his desire in Revelation. God has always wanted his presence to be with his people. So Jesus, the presence of God, would die on a cross for us. The perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God would be beaten And he'd be stripped naked and they'd mock him and scorn him and laugh at him. God himself in human flesh. And they would nail his hands to a cross. And Jesus would die for us. Jesus had no sin. But the Bible says that he died for sin. So whose sin did he die for? Not his own. He died for my sin. And he died for your sin. And the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus and he was After he died, he was buried in a tomb, but we know the greatest news in all the world is after three days, Jesus did not stay dead. He rose from the grave and he lives, right? And Jesus would come out of that tomb and he would declare that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Does that sound familiar? The Lord of heaven's armies would die for us, but then be resurrected. It's Jesus. And he'd be seated on the throne of heaven and he rules over all creation, but it gets better. So he did that, why? So that you and I could be washed in his blood, to be cleansed, to be made new, so that we could carry his presence, so that we could carry a spirit. Jesus desires, you gotta hear this, everything's been leading to this point right here. Jesus desires that we become his dwelling place, and that we would be filled with his presence. Everything that David longed for, that David cried out for, that David desired the presence of God, we get something better, which is that we become the very temple of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Corinthians, I, we don't have time to read it, 1 Corinthians 6 and 1 Corinthians 3, it says that you and I, if we know Christ, if you've been washed and you've been cleansed and you've received eternal life, then you have literally been transformed into a walking temple of God. Congratulations, you maybe didn't know that you were a walking tabernacle. A walking temple. But what's a temple for? An empty temple is worthless. It's just a building so that the spirit of Jesus would come to live inside of you. So David said, I just want to be near God. And God says, I want to live inside of you. Like how incredible is it that the Bible says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And that literally, 24-7, 365, and on a leap year, 366, Jesus himself comes to dwell inside of you, in everywhere you go, in everything you do. You carry the Spirit of God. You carry the presence of God. I remember I was sitting at, I think it was a Subway one time, with a new believer, and I was talking, he was a junior high guy, I'm a youth pastor, and we were were talking about the Holy Spirit, and I was talking about he'd given his life to Jesus and filled the Spirit, and he goes, so God lives inside of me? And I go, yeah, buddy, God lives inside of you. He goes, like, God? I go, "Uh uh-huh, God, and he goes, you mean, like, the God. like?" The God lives inside of me, I go, dude, that's good news, right? Like God lives inside of you, and everything you need, He gives you. And everywhere you go, here's what happens, just as Jesus was the very presence of God walking on earth, when you carry Him, everywhere you go, He goes. So when you walk into work tomorrow morning, you say, I carry the Spirit of God, and I carry the presence of God. And just like Jesus, if people need healing, you pray for Him, because you carry His Spirit. If people need encouragement, you encourage them. If people need the gospel, you give them the gospel because you carry the spirit of God. And even better than the Old Testament where you had to go to this place to get his strength and to get him. Jesus desires to give us his strength as the worship team comes up and as Robbie plays. Jesus desires to give you his strength and everything that you need through his presence that lives inside of you. In Jesus' teaching, he said the best thing that could ever happen, the best gift that God could ever give you is his Holy Spirit. I want to encourage some of you this morning. If you need peace, can I tell you there's something better than a pill that takes your pain away for a moment? There's the spirit of peace that comes to live inside of you. And moment by moment, hour by hour, when you lay your head on your pillow and all you can hear is anxious thoughts and the enemy tormenting you. You have someone stronger than me, the Holy Spirit of God, peace himself, that comes to quiet and calm your mind. If you struggle with bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, the very same spirit that was inside of Jesus that said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what to do. Like I know that every one of us, we walk through different trials, different struggles. He comes from the inside out. He begins to change your heart. He begins to change your spirit. Like whatever you need, the greatest gift we could ever have in the world, in the universe, is that the presence of God would come to live inside of us. Like whatever you need, whatever you desire from the Lord, like He comes to dwell inside of you and give you His Spirit. You know, this morning I was at Starbucks just reading my Bible and praying. And, you know, I think for many of you, I want to encourage you. There's so much more than just knowing about God. There's something that happens when we begin to realize that God lives inside of me and He speaks and He works and He moves. And there's so many examples I could give, there's so many stories. But just this morning, like I'm sitting at Starbucks and I see this man that appears to be homeless, and the Holy Spirit speaks, Hey, go share the gospel. Hey, he has no food, he has no coffee. Go just give him some food, give him some coffee, go share the love of God. Like, in, in, in a simple act of just obeying the Spirit of God that lives inside of me, God can show up in a coffee shop, God can show up at your workplace. God can show up in your heart and in your life. Like what would happen if the thing that got us more excited than anything on earth, not because our team won a game, not because our bank account went up, but what if it was the fact that the spirit of Jesus lives inside of me? What if it's that his presence is my joy and my treasure and my delight? And like Paul, I could say everything in this world is lost compared to him. Like he's worth more than anything this world has to offer me. Why? Because when that's true of you, blessed are those who dwell in His house, ever sing this praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in Him. You'll find a supernatural strength that you could never have. And you'll find that you don't only get strength, you don't only get blessing, but you actually get the person of God living inside of you. And last but not least, is that we get a taste here on earth. But one day, we will enjoy His presence for all of eternity. You know, maybe you have sorrow now. Maybe you have a broken heart now. Maybe you're walking through difficulties. Maybe life doesn't look like what you imagined. Maybe, maybe, what you, maybe you're an older person. As you look back on your life, it was difficult and it was painful. And you don't, you don't have what you always dreamed of or what you wanted. Maybe, maybe there's loss. Maybe you've lost loved ones. Maybe there's a part of your heart that just aches because life isn't what you always hoped it would be yes, we find hope in this life, yes, we find healing in this life, but do you know what our greatest joy and hope is? It's that one day the joy of heaven, like the treasure that God offers us above anything else is that we see glimpses of him now, but we'll see him in his fullness then. Like we get to experience him like through a, a dim mirror now, but one day we will see God face to face in heaven, and on that day there will be no more tears, and no more sorrow, and no more brokenness, and no more pain. Why? Because we will be in the very presence of God in a way that we will never experience here on earth and it changes us when heaven becomes your home that's what it really means that our hearts are set on Zion I love in Hebrews it says we don't live for this earth we don't live for this city around us we live for the city that's yet to come you know there's there's a phrase that I hate that I think it's wrong it says some people are so heavily minded they're no earthly good I think that most people are so earthly minded they're no heavenly good something changes when you say this earth's not my home I don't live for all the things that the world says I should live for, but my home's in heaven. My delight is His Spirit. My delight is His presence. And one day, brothers and sisters, we'll experience what we never get on this earth, which is God in His fullness. I want to end with three questions. I long for every one of us to just fall in love with the presence of God. Something supernatural happens in our heart when our joy is not found in this life. and It's not found in this world. It's found in Him. You know, my heart breaks, and I have so much compassion for people that they're searching, and even believers, that we search in this world and we think all these things will satisfy us and they never will. But God makes us promises My spirit will satisfy you, my presence will satisfy you. Do I dwell in the house of God, singing His praise always? Like, I see my joy, I see my delight, I see my treasure. If the answer is no, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. But what happened this morning if you said, you know what, I'm going to cry out to the God of Jacob, to the God of heaven's arms, and i say, Lord, change my heart. Be my treasure. Be my delight. Why? Because when you make it your goal name to dwell in the house of God and to delight in Him, a blessing that can only come from heaven will dwell, will be on your life. Number two, is the Lord the strength of my life? Am I tapping into the strength that only can come from heaven? If not, brothers and sisters, there's a beautiful call from heaven This morning that says, come to me. Are you tired this morning? Are you weak? Are you burdened? Are you heavy laden? Lay it down and let Jesus be your strength and you'll find a supernatural strength that never, ever runs dry. And even though you walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. Even though you walk through the valley of weeping, you will find strength and joy that never ends. It doesn't come from you, it comes from him. And last but not least, is all my hope and all my trust in the Lord. Is it in Jesus, do I realize day by day, minute by minute, second by second, not only that He washed me, not only that He cleansed me, not only that He gave me eternal life, but also that one day I will dwell with Him forever and ever and ever. Amen, church? If you'd close your eyes, I want to pray for you. You know, I have the best news in the whole world this morning, that Jesus Christ died to save sinners. And maybe you walked in this place this morning and it's easy to look around at a room like this and everybody's dressed up and looks nice and puts on their church face. But every one of us at one point in our life was broken and lost and we were a million miles away from God in sin, in addiction, in bondage. You wouldn't know the brokenness, the pain, the addiction, the sin that every one of us faced. But in his goodness and in his kindness, Jesus came to save us. Maybe this is new for you, people singing, people shouting, people dancing, all the things we do, we're just celebrating the fact that while we were still broken and weak and far from God, Jesus came to save us, and we're so thankful. And this morning, Jesus gives you an invitation that says if you want to turn from your sin, if you want to turn from the way that you've been living, from your way of life, if you will trust in Him, He will give you a brand new life. He will wash you in His blood, He will cleanse you, and He will make you new. This morning, you can't earn it, you can't deserve it. Maybe the worse you feel, the farther away you feel from God, the happier God is to save you because that means you're more eligible for his mercy and his grace. This morning if you'll call on the name of the Lord, he'll save you. I always if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead You'll be saved. If you're in this place, you say, Johnny today's my day I want to give my life to Jesus. Every eyes closed. No one's looking around. Would you lift up your hand? We're gonna pray for you. Awesome. I see those hands. Jesus will save you this morning. He'll give you eternal life. Some of you have been searching in all these different places, looking for hope, looking for life, and it's never satisfied you. Only Jesus can do that. He died so you could live. This morning, if that's you, would you lift up your hand? Awesome. Praise God. I see that hand. Anybody else? Praise God. I see that hand. Come on. That's so incredible, church. We celebrate. The people are giving their lives to Jesus. I see hands all over this room. Come on. Don't miss your moment. Jesus is here. Every week, my favorite thing that happens is people that go from not knowing Christ to knowing Jesus. We're going to pray a simple prayer. We're all going to pray it together. And as we pray this, would you put your faith in Jesus? If you call on him, he will save you. Could we say, dear Lord, thank you that you died so I could live. Thank you, Jesus, that you shed your blood to wash me and to cleanse me and to make me new. I believe that you rose from the dead, and I declare that you're my Lord. And you're my God. I turn from my sin. I trust in you. Give me eternal life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Come on church, Can we give a shout of praise to the Lord? (laughs) Woo! I just want to pray for you really briefly. If you just say, man, I I just need more of the Lord's presence in my life. I need more of a spirit. I want to trust in him. Maybe you need strength. Maybe you need peace. I don't know what you need. If you just want more of him, could you lift your hands? I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every single person here. God, I pray that we would be a people of your presence. God, I pray we would be a people of your spirit. The Lord, this morning that we would be like David, who longed and desperately cried out with joy for your spirit, for your presence, The Lord, we would celebrate more than anything in this world, The Lord, that you've come to be with us, to dwell with us, that we'd carry you to our workplace, to our families, to our homes, to our schools, wherever we go, God. That we would be carriers of your spirit, carriers of your presence. We would love you and delight in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Let's give a shout to the Lord, church.